right, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, this week's episode of Chopping It Up, and we are sitting here with the uh, one and only Matt Cronin from Echo Stage. Well, not just Echo Stage, but uh, Glow Panorama, or is it? Or is it uh, Primarily uh, Echo Stage and Soundcheck, and also support Glow and Panorama wherever I can. Gotcha. Same, same parent company. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Right, right, right. So, yeah, so um, Matt Cronin is the uh, GM of Echo Stage. He's a... Uh, Behind the scenes, a lot uh, more than people probably realize. So, uh, thank you for coming in, Matt. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, man, absolutely, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I'm excited that you're here because I really, uh, I really appreciate your internet influence in my life. You, <laughs> your Facebook presence makes life so much more tolerable. I try not to take myself too seriously. So, life is short. Have a little bit of fun while I can. Well, you do a good job of that. You and uh, you and Ben, Ben Leck, man. That's my partner in crime. Dude, you guys like, uh, you guys like, make me like question my friendships. I'm like, how come we're not funny? <laughs> how come we don't? We're not like a duo. We don't have costumes. You know what I mean? Like, we don't. Have, we don't have pictures from 20 years ago together. Like, I feel like I got to step my friendship game up. I, you know, I only have a few very close friends, but um. It's nice to have somebody like that. Obviously, yeah. I joke around about how much he sucks because he doesn't <laughs> hang out as much as I want him to. He just yeah. sits on his couch all the time now. But when I get him out, yeah. he's fun. When I get him out, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't blame him, right? He's got everybody like pawing at him all day long. Last thing he wants to do is go out and deal with more people. You know. It's true. I mean, when you do nightclubs four or five, six nights a week, yeah. or music venues, you're you're just kind of worn out on people. You, yeah. you want to get away and. You know, read a book closet. and Ben, yeah, ben just <laughs> plays video games and drinks wine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can totally relate. I know, you know, if I'm not working, I'm, I'm at home on my couch. My phone is off, you know. We try. We try. <laughs> we try to get a little bit of space. It can get crazy. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, we got to get you guys on bikes because that's, uh, that's the other alternative. If I'm not out, out, like, uh, and I do have to make appearances at events and stuff, the bike, you know what I mean? It's, it's the move. You just bounce from place to place. You feel like a kid again. I've done really well lately with doing some walks, getting out, doing the monuments, and walking up the you know up and down the waterfront. I have a lot of places I want to check off my list, but yeah, you know DC is a beautiful city. I want to get some air. I live in the city, and I just want to get out more and more yeah. and more. So I I can dig. I started riding a bike three years ago. I mean, I rode as a kid, but it'd been you know. You know, a lot of years. Uh, I I definitely like envisioned myself as a little badass BMX rider when I was younger. Yeah, and I would try the jumps and just go right over the handlebars. So, <laughs> I, I I tried. I did my best. And, hey, you know, I like feel like a badass when I ride my bike, and I feel like that's all that matters. I probably just like the old lady. I had know? my little diamond back. I thought I was like you know rad. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you were rad. You know, I, I tried. I tried to be as rad as possible. It's like my favorite <laughs> word until I was. 25. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Till right now. Till like a year ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Right on. Yeah, D.C. is a beautiful city, and uh, starting riding three years ago, I really fell in love with the city all over again because, you know, when you're on your bike, it's uh, you catch these moments. You can stop on the bridge. You can stop in that moment and just kind of take it in, and it's it's really a breathtaking, beautiful city. Uh, it's gorgeous. I mean, it, and for me, my moment was just kind of, Late nights on the way home from work. Exactly. Uh, getting off work because we get out three, four, five, six in the morning. And when you drive past the monuments, you stop and just walk them. Yeah. And, and there's nobody. It's empty. Yeah. And it's just like you have this unbelievable piece of history to yourself. And it's oh. like a really melancholy, beautiful moment. <laughs> uh, and I mean, yeah, if you don't love DC, then there's something wrong with you because it's, yeah. it's a really pristine, nice, beautiful city. So, yeah, I agree. And then, you know, I think most people don't even really realize or give it any thought, but like the monuments don't close, you know? 
people come from all over the world to come to the nation's capital and they want to walk around at two o'clock in the morning and that's totally okay. So you could be down there like stoned off your gorge, like or like, you know, my favorite. Well, we're not gonna talk about that one now. <laughs> but, like you could really be all the way out there and like cops will walk past you and just like nod their head at you. Like it's totally okay to be out there. And I think that- people realized it when Pokemon Go came out. <laughs> that was that was when people started giving a shit about the monuments again. Right. All of a sudden it oh was all of a sudden it was just flooded with people wandering around and you know, thank God that only lasted like two months. Because it was flooded at the monuments. It was, the, it was the best Pokemon stop. So. It was like gentrification on fucking <laughs> steroids. It like, was, why are there white people walking around with their phones in their hands in Southeast right now? Like, yeah, literally just heads night. down. Yeah. Like, go back over North Capitol. You're lost. Go yeah. back. What are you doing? You don't know where you are, man. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Sometimes I want to steal people's iPhones, just like teach them a lesson, but. And, like, give it right back, but I know that's not how that would really go. The one that gets me is the people with, like, the plugged-in phone earphones, so they're talking. Yeah. But I think they're talking to themselves because I can't see the earplugs. And I'm just like, why is that person talking to themselves loudly right next to me? And then I'm like, oh, thank God you're on your iPhone. But, yeah, yeah, I get a little nervous. My favorite is people that just, like, take videos Mm -hmm. of themselves all the time everywhere they go. Like, that's so weird to me because I'm old as shit, you know? And I'm like, are you really, like... (laughs) Taking away, like the walking down the street, like so. Yeah, I'm crossing the street now. Like, it's so weird to me. I, everybody does that now. Everybody, you know, social media rules everything. Phones, you, no one gets off their phone. And the funny thing is, you have all the world's knowledge in your hand. Like you can literally learn anything at any given moment. You can access any of like the world's accumulated knowledge. And people are taking selfies, yeah, and people exactly. are, and we're doing memes now, yelling at each other. <laughs> I'm no I'm reason. as guilty as anybody. Like I'm all about a good meme, but it's hysterical that For like sure. everything's right there, and all we do is spend ten minutes taking pictures of ourselves. It's really I don't know. That might be the yeah. most the most interesting like human like reflection on what we're really like is is the whole selfie phenomenon and culture of getting that perfect picture. Like I always laugh because I see people who go to national parks or the monuments or right. to places of like pristine beauty and what do they do? They spend 30 minutes trying to make it look like they're natural, like they're standing <laughs> there. But it's like who's taking the fucking picture? Right. Like it's not like it's not natural. Right. You're not standing there by yourself because someone took that picture when the lighting was just right and right. it's you're not in the moment. You're not enjoying yourself. Yeah. You're going to places just to take pictures. Like my timeline is forever Great Falls, and it's always people going to Great Falls to take five <laughs> pictures and they walk back, and it's yeah. it's nuts. I don't get it. Oh, I see it in front of the building all the time because the Howard Theater across yeah. the street, and like people will literally like pull up in vans, like six people will jump out with cameras, like, yeah. and then like jump back in the van and go. I'm like, you just came here to check that off your list, like. But that's why I love the artists that are super anti cell phone. You know, you'll get artists to go up on stage and are like, "Hey, put the phones away. Let's have that. fun." get into the music, engage yeah. with me. You know, like, I-, I love people who are, like, put the phone away. Like, exactly. it, 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 like that kind of, like, crowd involvement of, like, you're just here for the music is well, big. Well, yeah, because, I mean, we have to, like, educate people. At the end of the day, like, we have to, like, lead and, like, let people know, like, what's appropriate behavior. And people came there and they think the artist is super cool, so they're going to, like, mostly fall in line if the artist is like, yo, do this. I know? get a couple pictures, trust me. And I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. It's the people that are holding it up taking five-minute videos, like, ten-minute videos. have you ever listened to one of those videos? It's going to sound like shit. Yeah, what but, is wrong with you? But it's, like, it's just, like, lose yourself in the music yeah. for a minute. Like, engage with the crowd like get into it with the people around you uh there's definitely like an, an awkward amount of like social yeah. media and shows there it's like yeah. you don't have to have your phone out the whole time Dude, i'm so glad like so echo stage reminds me of of 
Capital Ballroom Nation, mm-hmm. but like on mm-hmm. on steroids, you know, <laughs> yeah. not like literally. Uh, but like, thank God there wasn't camera phones around. Uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, I'd never run for mayor. That's for sure. Yeah. I, would, <laughs> I would close the window on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely critique people, but it, like having to be in public office nowadays, or be a police officer, or, or anything like with with like uh, camera phones out there, like it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. I mean, as we've seen socially and everything changed, but like. It's changed everything. Music, politics, everything. you know, day-to-day jobs, public service jobs. Everything's changed everything. because at the end of the day, everyone's just people, and it's tough to be perfect all the exactly. time. Everyone's just people, and then everyone's a narc. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Everybody. Intentionally or not, you just happen to be standing there recording, yeah. and you catch something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, those venues are, are, are legendary. They, they brought up D.C., uh, and a lot of those people that worked in those venues work at Echo Stage now. Sure. Like, of our like amazing production team, a lot yeah. of those guys came from like a nation's background. Totally. Dylan, Mike, some of those other guys. Um, so they're like pure DC pedigree. You yeah, know? like they they came up for like twenty years now doing totally. it, like in the music scene, doing like you know crazy shows. Uh, and now Echo Stage is just kind of like a natural evolution continuation of like that direction DC totally. went. Hundred percent. It's so it's so important, and I and I say this to people all the time, and I think people sometimes are shocked by it. But like, I think Echo Stage is like might possibly be one of the best things that happened to DC in a really long time. Um, and and it's not because I want to hang out there. You know, I'm 41. I go there. I have panic attacks. I want to like. Sure, I sure. want to like. All I'm doing is like find like. I'm. I feel like a security guard. So you know what I mean. Like I'm just too old to like fully enjoy myself there. Like I'm just like, oh my god, so many people on the inside. I'm like freaking out. But like. It is so important, and it's it's totally the same environment that we were in at Capital Ballroom Nation, but just the 2017 version. And what I what I don't think people realize is that Echo Stage is like single handedly grooming thousands of people a week that are going to um, sustain the nightlife in D.C. for the next 20 years. Um, I mean, and, thank you. First and foremost, uh, you know, it's been a it's been a journey over the last five years. A learning experience, and and we were so blessed to have iconic venues uh, to to pay attention to, learn from, take information. Right. You know, we we created our own thing, and the mm-hmm. ownership had their own vision for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Antonis and Pete and those guys came in, and they they knew what they wanted to do, yeah. and they had seen all the places around right. for a long time. Uh, but you know, there's definitely influence from like all the different like high level pedigree of like of you know influential nightlife places. You have Black Cat, DC Nine, Nine Thirty right. Club. U-Haul's been open. Like, there's so many great Howard Theater. Like, there's yeah. a million beautiful venues, and it was kind of creating a hybrid of so many different styles: warehouse vibe, For sure. nightclub vibe, uh, premier large concert venue. I mean, there's so many different things that we had to incorporate to pull mm-hmm. off a big room like that. Yeah. Um. And like you said, I mean, like, I'm old too. Like, I don't go to a show unless I have my own space. Like, I'm not gonna yeah. drive down in the pit anymore. Like, yeah. You know, it, that's that's not for me. But we offer, you know, standing room upstairs. We had, which is super cool. I like that. There's we had both. areas for the older crowd to yeah. kind of relax. It's twenty one and up up there, right? And then, but you know, you're right. Like the heart and soul of a show is down in the pit. Yeah. And when you walk by and you see this massive crowd of like younger people just having the time of their life and um, bouncing around for hours and going nuts, I mean. It's really special, and it it, I have those moments every now and then. I'm walking through, and I'll be walking in front of the barricade in the pit, and I'll look over, and it's just like a real nostalgic, like nice moment for me, because yeah. I remember being that kid at you know totally. twenty, thirty years ago, like totally. HF Festival, you know, and shit, like rocking out and hundred percent, you know. So it, it's it's a special, special experience to be able to give that back. I always knew I wanted to be involved in music somehow, right. and I kind of took this roundabout, kind of always involved in music, always doing something wherever right. I was. 
but through like college bars to nightclubs to to now kind of like a pure well not even a pure a hybrid club music right. venue but i mean it it's been a, it's been a journey but it's been a a learning experience and and like i said it's just it's the, the nicest moments are when you see these kids just losing yeah. their mind for their favorite artist yeah. and i still have fanboy moments every now and then too yeah, I, I see you on facebook you oh, know. Hey, dude when Zach Miller Rocha came out um who was it it was during uh Oh, it was a couple weeks ago. It was like a month ago. Run the Jewels. Run the oh, Jewels was there. Right, they have right, a track right. together. So no one had any idea he was there. It was right before the uh, uh, inauguration day. Right. So he was in town probably just to like, you know, throw some middle fingers up and stir <laughs> yes, some shit up. some shit on fire. God bless him. But yeah. it was, you know, they were all there because, you know, Killer Mike's a big ag- activist and all them. So sure. he just randomly walked up beside me backstage and I kind of did like a double take. And that's like one of my childhood heroes. Right. Like I grew up on Rage. Uh, and I rolled my teen, you know, when I was angry and full of angst, I'm, but I'm still there. But yeah, I right, you, I right. Yeah, I still listen to it. So <laughs> it, it like that was really cool, and he was a really nice guy. I just said hi real quick, obviously. Um, I try not to interact with the artist too much, but that was one I had to be like, hello, <laughs> you yeah. know, you're you're a super big influence on my life for decades, and and he was really cool. So you get, I get my fanboy moments, not often because right. I'm just kind of like over it. Yeah, yeah. But every now and then, someone will surprise me, and I'm like, all right, I'm still, I'm still a fan of music, and I'm still yeah, yeah. a fan of like you know unique artists. I mean, you have to not, you know, the only way that you can sustain a job like that is to not be a fanboy because you know at some point somebody's got to treat the artist like a, like a job, right? <laughs> you can't always be a fan. Somebody's got to be the the most successful people I see in the the, the industry, and I mean from a production, festival, tour, agent, whatever you want to go through, nobody fanboys. They, right. They're people that are there. They're there to make uh, money. It's right. a job, and they're there to do their job, and and ultimately they're just used to it or right. just don't care. Right. You know, if you're in the industry, if you're thinking about getting in the industry because you want to meet famous people, yeah, you're not going to go very far because you're in it for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Uh, uh, not to to mention the fact that people who are famous this week aren't famous next week. I mean, they come yeah. and go. There's some that really kind of transcend right. and go to that next level. But what? It's like one in a thousand, right. maybe. I mean, right. so it, it, it's about the music. It's about uh, the venues. It's about the concerts. It's about just like you know cultivating whatever you can. But everybody has a role to play, and right. and you know my job is to make sure that the venue runs smoothly and that everything goes well for the concert, top to bottom. My job is not to interact with the artists and try to give them a good time or be their friend or, you know, right. anything like that. Um, I try to stay away from the green room, inside the green room as much as possible. That's not my realm. You know, that's not right. It's not my job. Right. Um, so I get asked all the time. People are like, oh, yeah, you know, what's so-and-so like? How was this? How was that? You know, do you hang out with artists? No. <laughs> like, that's just... You're too busy running a club with 5,000 fucking people. In I, it, I, wouldn't, I, mean? I wouldn't be... Yeah, I wouldn't be... time? Like, I wouldn't be doing my job if right, I was. So, right. you know, it, it's just... You know, there's a lot of misconceptions, but everybody plays their role in the industry, and everyone has very specific roles. Um, and, and I just try to stay in my lane and yeah. not interfere with anything else. I heard that, brother. That's like, I'm going to put that on a shirt. <laughs> Wear it inside out and, like, look at it four times a day. Like, stay in your lane. Stay like, in your just, lane would be a good one. Dude, stay in your lane one. is like, I feel like most of the world's problems can be solved if you just stay in your lane. You know what I mean? Like I, I use that saying more and more all the time. Yeah, it's I like, agree. Well, you know, I, I have to say, I think, um, yeah, I think, it, I think it's all super relevant. Like you were saying, a lot of the D.C. people, the pedigree, you know, we never left. And that's what really I love about D.C. It's like a lot of the people that were all kind of bouncing around the industry, like we were at Nation at the same time. We might not have met each other, but we were in the room at the same. Like we all never left. You know, you look at like Buster, you know and I mean? You look at so many people, you know, from the back of the house to the front of the house. 
Like we were all going to to the edge and the capital. We were all influenced by that. And I know that, you know, for me, like, I mean, I found myself, you know, like I really discovered myself. Like I really learned who I was going to Capitol Ballroom. And I would go every weekend. I had, I would have like either, I would have like $25. I would literally get there before 11 so I didn't have to pay. And I would spend $20 to park my car. And then I would have $5 if I was lucky to buy like a bottle of water and I would fill it back up again (laughs) and drink it all night. And I went to dance, you know, like I went to dance and that was my jam. Like I discovered how to like me. I mean, I totally came out of my shell um, and became who I was going to those events and going to Baltimore. But really it was like the DC shit, you know? And then, uh, I just think we were also like profoundly impacted by that, whether we realize it or not, that we're, we're all still here. Like, you know, we left for certain times, but we came back and then reinvested all that good shit right back into the city. And I and I and I feel that. And I think that's why you know DC has like this camaraderie, like within the industry, because like I mean, you know, like I, I've only known you a couple years, but I know we have mutual friends that we've both known for two decades. You know, because yeah. we never really mm-hmm. left, like because we really love what we do, and I think. I think that makes DC really, really special. And, and like I said, Echo Stage is like, you know, because we had those big room experiences, like at a young age. And then from there, I went on like fish tour and, you know, drink cheese and then you can make money of that. I'm cool. <laughs> um, you know, like, and I experienced all these big room things. And then, and then I was like, I want to throw festivals. And that's totally what started One Love. Like, I, I met like, you know, Soldiers of Ja Army at, you know, State of the Union, and that's when I started throwing my first parties in 2001, you know, know, like, when me and soldiers were barely even old enough to get into the bars that we were hanging out, you know, and here it is all these years later, but it was because of those big room experiences that I was totally cool with, like, traveling, going, seeing things, and then I wanted live music, and I wanted more, and I think that people completely, like, undervalue the fact that, like, not only is Echo Stage dope and the kids are losing their minds, but, like, those all those kids are going to get older and older and with every passing year they're going to want more out of their city they're going to want more entertainment and they're going to fill all the smaller venues all the bars and restaurants putting live music and trios and this and there they're really going to uphold the like creative economy that exists in DC so much stronger because we lost our big rooms for like 10 years yeah. you know uh and and I, I it's so valuable what you guys are doing like i you know i i really really respect echo stage for that well, I think, you know, I think you hit it on the head right there on a lot of different things. I mean, like, one, first, I don't, I don't know if I still, I've lived in the city off and on for a decade now. I still don't know if I consider myself a true D.C. person. Right. Because all my friends are so authentically connected to, like, D.C. Like, you and then Sean for years. And like you said, Buster and so many, so many people that, like, were, like, I was super obsessed with when I came to the city. Because right. they knew every restaurant. They knew every dive hole in the world, like, right. amazing place to go eat. They knew where the party was. They knew where the after party was, the pre-party. <laughs> you know, they yeah, exactly. they knew everyone and everything. Parties. They knew bus drivers. If you hopped on up, like they knew like everyone. Cab drivers. Like if you had like you yeah. could have your own cab driver back before. So Uber like oh, Lyft, for sure. You know, like. So like I'm still like just now starting to, you know, feel it. And and it's I always was obsessed with the city, but it was such like a big thing. Yeah. And now it's slowly, I'm trying, I'm starting to get it. Now, I'm starting now to you like, realize this is a giant college campus. Now I campus. know it. Now I know it. Yeah, yeah. Now I like know it. And I'm like, okay, cool. But you know, I, I've i lived in Montgomery County, PG County, Northern Virginia, lived all around the DMV and around DC. But it, there's a special uh, coming together, I think in any major city of culture. Sure. And, and I'm bored easily and I don't want to, 
to see the same people every day, the same types of people. Yeah. I don't want to go to the same types of restaurants. I don't want to, you know, I'm obsessed with with learning something new, meeting someone new. And and culture in general, it's like, yeah, everyone wants to travel, but you can walk right down the street in a major city and learn so much about another culture and basically travel in a different neighborhood. For sure. And and it's, you know, I love seeing that in D.C. I love yeah. what an international city D.C. is. We have a unique, uh, kind of like, I don't know if it's an understanding or respect, but you go to other cities, people are louder. They're a little more in your face. In mm -hmm. D.C., people are a little bit more respectful. And mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to say tolerant, but... In general, like you can have a good conversation in a bar with a lot of different people about, sure. you know, pretty stimulating, testy issues. Mm -hmm. I love DC. Like it's just, it's got so much for you. Like I wouldn't ever want to live out of it as long as, you know, right now, as long as I can think of. Like I just love that it is getting culture. And like you touched on, big rooms are key to that because, 100%. you know, we look back on some of the music we listened to when we were young and we're like, okay, cool. Like my first CD was Beastie Boys, like nailed that one. But then my next one was like, you know, something god awful, something <laughs> terrible. You know, it was like I don't even know what I was like. <laughs> Too you know, unlimited. I was obsessed with Bush or something. Like I don't know. Like yeah. the point is, like we ha we had some good music. We had some bad music. We listened right. to when we were growing up, right. but we developed what we liked and what we were passionate about over time. Mm -hmm. And when you have a big room, it's bringing thousands of people from yeah. Pennsylvania, New York, the Carolinas are always there, West Virginia, yeah. Delaware. You know, Jersey, like, these people are coming to D.C. now. Totally. They're exposed to the music, these huge rooms, these mainstream artists. But then when you we talked about it, you have 12 other venues, as people develop over the years right. and they change and they have very specific uh, types of music they're interested in and genres, D.C. has that for them. Mm -hmm. So you're right. It does feed the entire community and, the, and it becomes a more diverse and interesting music scene. 100%. And I think one of the odd things about dc and and absolutely unique things to dc nationally maybe other than like a city like austin but even austin is 10 times beyond us is that we have so many amazing venues but we have no artist support at all there's I know. there's no labels there's no working know, on it yeah right but there's there's yeah. real no major support all of our homegrown artists take off and they go to philly new york la you right. know they're they're gone so it, it's interesting that like we have an amazing, incredible opportunities for these young artists to play huge rooms yeah. with huge artists, for sure. but they can't get booked. They can't, they can't get, get, they can't go on tour because they have no, a, right. exactly. Yeah. So I'm hoping that's what comes next. Ultimately, yeah. I, I, I love where the venues are at. I mean, we're, we're saturated to the max with venues and we're getting the artists. You can go yeah. see anyone you want any given night in DC. It's a blessing. Yeah. But the next step is that homegrown artist. That authentic yeah. cultural experience that makes DC DC. Like, when do we have our next renaissance of like, you know, the the giants of punk that we had and yeah. that put us on the map or our go go scene, right. our authentic homegrown DC? Like, well, this and, is our sound. These are our artists. Sure, it exists. It exists. But how do getting, we take it? How yeah. do we how do we put it nationwide? Yeah. Well, that's what that's what we're that's what we're working on and trying to figure figure that out. And it's just you know, like you said, it just there's no labels. And I, I talk about this all the time. I hate that. People have to leave D.C. and we're trying to fix that so they don't. But like, you know, in L.A. or Atlanta or wherever, like, you know, if you have a record deal on the table, you like you can talk to your friends and be like, all right, publishing. Is this a good deal? Like, what's up with ASCAP? Are you getting your, you know, whatever, whatever here? Like, those are foreign words and concepts to people. And it's like, that's why a lot of our artists get deals and leave and then end up coming back three to five years later because yeah. Yeah. they weren't advised very well or weren't advised at all. 
and they were swimming in a pool that was completely foreign to them. So how are you? How are you supposed to know? I mean, I make bad deals all the time out of ignorance and excitement, right? You I know? see it all the time. I see rock bands, electronic acts, everybody that are homegrown go out to L.A. Right. You're right. They're back two years later, back. three years later. Exactly. They got they got their speed deal. It didn't work out. They're right back. They made some bad moves, and it's just like. And ultimately, this is a city that created them and inspired them because it's so fucking dope. I mean, there's no more, like, this is the most intelligent, progressive international city in the nation. Sure. Like, hands down. I spent a lot of time on that graffiti bus. You know, I've gone around the country, like, six times in the last three years. It's shocking. And, like, it's always I promise shocking. You. We, get, we get so comfortable in our little bubble around yeah. here. And then you go to, like, a different city, and I'm, you know, I don't want to start anything, but, you know, you go to, like, a southern city, a little middle-of-nowhere city or somewhere, and you're just like, wow, I'm on another planet. It's, it's <laughs> like, 1982. Yeah, it's, like, another planet, and it's good It's good to get out and, like, experience, like, where am Definitely. I? Like, wow. Like, I forgot. I really lost sight. For sure. It's easy to do that. You're like, what do you mean everybody's not super, like, like, you know, like, I'm the minority in my friends, and it's not even, like, black and white. It's, like, literally every continent in the world is represented in yeah. dc equally sure. and fairly and it's not segregated you know what i mean it's not it's not like you know in new york it's like the hasidic jews are in one neighborhood and the italians are in bensonhurst it's like no man like, it doesn't just, feel forced we're all it really really yeah, doesn't be forced. and, and you know the best example of that was this last election yeah i mean there were some people that were starting some stuff downtown but most of them were you know it was like out of town kids that came town. most of them were like young teens i mean that was a controversial nightmare of an inauguration day for most people for sure and and still the city carried on with dignity yep. respect everybody regardless of your color went to work and, yeah. and did what you had to do and i think that just shows you like i don't know if that would have happened anywhere else in the country yeah. you would have seen anything like that where a city just kind of like that peacefully continued on mm -hmm. with like the transfer of power and you know, it's like we were just talking about. I mean, if people weren't aware from traveling to other parts of the country, I think after this last election, everyone, that was a wake-up call like, to everybody. See what's going on elsewhere? That was a wake-up call. And, yeah. and, you know, hopefully that's the last wake-up call we need, and hopefully yeah. everyone kind of gets it together from here. But, um, you know, it's it's wild. It's wild to think that, like, it, it really, it, that also made me feel how we're so different in this city. 94%. So different. So different than the rest of the country. Everything we do is different, and, and I'm proud of that. And I, I love DC. People are like, oh, would you ever move to LA for work? Would you ever move to New York? Nah. nah. This is my home. This yeah. is where I feel comfortable. This is where I want to be. Uh, you know, I feel connected to DC on, on street corners and restaurants and different yeah. areas that I just grew up with. And, and, you know, like I said, I didn't grow up in the city, so I can't claim, like, authentic DC, but I've always been, like, a a 275 subway yeah. jump when I was 13 or 12 or 11. Yeah, I mean, hopping on the subway in like Hyattsville and shooting down to like DC for the if, day. If you grew up anywhere within like a 20 mile region of DC, all your memories are DC. We all yeah. drove to DC for everything. Sure. We all went to field trips in DC from elementary school. We went to, you know what I mean? Like, it's the same. I mean, you know, my cousin used to play for the Bullets. You know, what I mean? oh, that's like, cool. Yeah, Jeff Rowland, Beef Brother. That's one thing I'll never forgive is Bullets going to Wizards. I loved the Bullets. Yeah, I loved I everything about the Bullets. <laughs> and Wizards was all. I remember. <laughs> I can't remember most things. Sadly, like important dates. <laughs> but I remember I was raking leaves in front of my neighbor's house when they announced on the radio I had playing out front. While I was doing lawn work that it was going to be the Wizards, and I was devastated. To this day, I still remember the exact moment I heard <laughs> we were going to be the Washington Wizards. It's so lame. Yeah, that was before Harry Potter, so they didn't even have an excuse back Right, then, you're so. like, wizards, what? I could have seen if they were trying to make like a move on the whole like young <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter crowd, but they had no excuse. This was before wizards were cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's too funny, man. Devastating. That is too funny. Yeah, I remember, uh, man, I remember going to see my cousin play at the Cap Center back in the day. 
in the cap center. Man, that thing was falling apart. <laughs> yeah. I Did they the- bulldoze it? Yeah, it's gone. That's it's where, uh, what is it, uh, FedEx is now. Oh, really? Man. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. I saw Led Zeppelin play there, but like the rerun, not the original. I'm not that old. I hope. People that- are like, what? <laughs> See, I'm I'm nervous that FedEx is gonna get axed and they're gonna go to Northern Virginia. Oh, I, I'm just dying why they're not gonna bring it back where RFK was. My best sporting memories growing up were like at RFK when the whole stands would bounce up and down. Yeah. It was just it was amazing seeing like you know the skins play there. It was like next level. So I'm I'm hoping that we get that brought back to DC. Well, I'll tell you some of my fondest memories uh, are RFK as well with the stands. Moving up and down, but that was because I ate a lot of acid, and it was a Grateful <laughs> Dead show. Um, but it was equally as uh, important in, in the movement of my life. You what, know, one of the last Dead shows was in DC at RFK. Yeah, ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, it was like the last ones. Yeah, and um, and then I, I mean, my thing was the HF festivals. That was yeah. the best buck. What was it? It was like seventeen dollars for seventeen bands or something, <laughs> so and it was all day and all night, just all of the top acts. Yeah. That was incredible. So, and then a Tibetan Freedom concert was rad there, too. That was too. dope. Except for I was like 10 feet away from where the chick got struck by lightning, like Holy right shit. in front of me. Right in front of me. Watch the whole thing happen. That's, That's something you never think is going to happen in your lifetime. So now everyone's like, oh, lightning storm, whatever. And I'm, I'm still like nervous. Running. I'm like, nah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not fucking with it. I'm going to like hang back under this balcony because yeah. never going to forget. <laughs> never going to forget that one. You know, that's crazy because in 1994. Disclaimer, she was fine. She walked away. That's awesome. Said, yeah. <laughs> uh, 1994, uh, somebody got struck by lightning at RFK as well. At yeah. Grateful Dead show. Or maybe wow. it was 95. Uh, Tibetan was right around 96, 97, right? Something like Weather that. Weather was mad. RFK was like a lightning rod, apparently. I don't know what was going <laughs> yeah, on there. Maybe we shouldn't resurrect that joint. I don't know. Nothing's going to resurrect RFK. That thing oh, is man. crumbling it right is. now. It is. It's so sad. But yeah. Apple still got their banner on that mug. Like, buy an iPhone. For peanuts. For like $500 in an iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he runs the like, You're going to have to patch the uh, <laughs> wall that you hang it on, but it'll be fine. Yeah, that that banner that iPhone put up there is the most expensive thing in RFK right now. <laughs> it's a, the property value went up significantly. Uh, well, you know it's crazy. Uh, ironically, that you mentioned the HF Festival because I refer to the HF Festival constantly, like in my business plans and in my my lifelong mission. The the ultimate goal for One Love Massive, which is uh, you know not too many people know, but I have a grand vision for a uh, citywide music festival that. Uh, that you know is a is a reminiscent of a lot of the things that we've done and a lot of the things that are great in the world of festivals, but kind of combined into one like a completely uh, redeveloped uh, concept of like a citywide festival. You know, um, so I've been dreaming about RFK for years, and and recently I met uh, I met the guy who created the HF festival. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, his name is Izzy uh, Israelson, and he's uh, such a solid dude. He's an older guy, and he's got so many stories. Uh, I need to get him in here for a podcast, but he's got so many stories of like wow. you know uh, booking Rick James multiple times and him <laughs> never showing never. up for a single yeah. gig, you know, and like. Uh, but yeah, he started the uh, HF Festival. They got like a little show on uh, ninety nine point one when it was a low power radio station, and then like working with the station, it got bigger, and then they turned into like a actual real radio station and he was doing uh, bootleg parties in the back of uh circuit cities wow. for years and then finally like the city was like what the fuck are you doing like, you can't <laughs> keep doing that and that's when hf festival was born right it exploded it how was cool huge. is that you know wild. totally started you know with some bootleg illegal parties in circuit city i'm like go ahead is he like that's awesome yeah it's it's uh, and it's cool he's still around you know what i mean um his own wife own uh his wife owns uh red's trading 
okay. uh, and like you know he's still involved in a bunch of stuff but sure. uh but it's pretty crazy it's uh it's an honor to even like sit in a room or talk to a guy that like created age of festival like that's such I a love, pinnacle thing for all of us love like, meeting people like that and just yeah. ch- chopping it up and hearing all the old stories and yeah. how it all, i mean a lot of it is so funny because it it, it adds up so closely and just matches up with what the, a lot of the challenges I deal with and our totally. company deals with and some of the people in our company. But it's, it's funny, like, you know, there's a camaraderie in the music scene. It's kind of behind the scenes. Most people don't see, sure. but like anyone who's involved in music on a different level, the venue operators, the production guys, we all know each other. It's a small, it's not a huge totally. group of people. I mean, it's a few hundred people between, you know, Merriweather, 930, U-Haul, yeah, exactly. Flash, Howard, Echo, Soundcheck. I mean, right. there's only a few hundred of us really that are behind the scenes that are like those people. Mm-hmm. And we all know each other. We all get along. We're all friends and we, we all keep in touch and help each other out. And it's kind of like an unspoken rule. You know, if someone needs some equipment last minute or if something's right. missing, we all help each other out. It's just like a it's like a unspoken rule of thumb that right. that's just how everybody works together. This is dope. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily like that in other places either. I like to think DC is a little different there, that like, you know, that we're all friends. You know what I mean? I think so. I mean, it's definitely friendlier than I've seen in other cities. I mean, there's not a lot of, you know, there's some competitive, you know, for natural sure. show versus show. But uh, for the most part, DC is pretty staked out too. I mean, you yeah. have, the companies have their realm of like promotion companies. Right. There's not a lot of cross fighting because. We're one of those unique markets that's not Live Nation dominated. You know, right. most cities are owned, bought, signed, sealed, and delivered by Live Nation. And we're blessed to have a lot of very strong independent promotion companies around here. I mean, you have uh, Glow, Steez Promo, yeah. um, you know, IMP, obviously. Steez is killing it. Dude. All of these huge companies, yeah. uh, promo companies, but they're like, they're all independent companies. Yeah. They, they have a few markets between them, but they're not massive, massive companies. You know, nationwide, no one's as big as Live Nation. Yeah. So it, it's cool that we do have options, and, and it keeps the prices down. A lot of people don't realize what the prices would be if they didn't have these independent, right? You know, companies doing right. it. Our our fees aren't, <laughs> you know, yeah, Live Nation fees. But you know, Live Nation's not bad. They, they you know, they, they they're just the original. They do what they do as well. It's just uh, we have more com- competition. I think that naturally breeds a better ground for mm-hmm. venues and shows. And it makes it more interesting and fun. And it keeps, you know, it keeps people honest. And in any industry, it's good to have competition. It keeps people, you know, creative, uh, unique and fresh. And uh, it makes makes the shows better. So that's one thing that also makes our music scene very, very different than Mm -hmm. most cities. That's that's a really good observation. You know, for for years, we only had like a a couple venues. You know, we had a lot of venues and then they kind of died down. And then 930 Club was like the biggest room we had. I mean, they can only book, but you know, thirty shows a month, and then they're they're done. So like, you know, we we got skipped over for a lot of years on a lot of these big tours, and now you know, it was like in eighteen months we got the Howard, the Hamilton, and the Fillmore. Yeah, like literally in like an eighteen month span. I mean, that was nuts. And now, I mean, it's just like I, I miss shows all the time. I'm like, how I'm in the industry. I can't keep track of the shows. Dude, I miss shows at the Howard. Now my desk is facing the <laughs> fucking building. Like, I'm yeah. in the. I miss shows in the same company. Like I'm right, like right, I'm Echo right. Stage and Soundtrack, <laughs> and I'm like I have to do Echo tonight because it's a huge, awesome show. And I'm like, but God, I really wanted to see that artist at Soundcheck. Like yeah. it's overlapping even in our own company. Sometimes it's there's so crazy. many shows. It's dope. I, you know, I love, I just love DC so much, man. It's cool that I can I walk really out do. my door any night and there's something to do. There really any is. night, but you know, small parties, cool. Sunday, Monday, totally. it's getting warmer again. Like I'm, I'm, I'm hyped even for local DJ little parties like Marvin's and stuff and all yeah. those guys. Yeah, Jamil like, Hill. Yeah, like all those guys. Like I still go over there all the time, yeah. and you know, 
just there's so many things to do and and so many cool little spaces that I'm super excited about. Yeah. And and you know, that's why I wouldn't move even though they keep jacking my rent up as much as they can every week. We're I all still... going to have to move in together just Dude, to survive. It's ridiculous. I was looking at an article today with uh, Andre, he's one of the owners over at Echo Stage. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, Andre. Um, and we were literally over there, and it was like some article was like eighty thousand five hundred to live in DC comfortably. You're like, and we're looking at it, and the numbers broken down, and we're like, this doesn't say taxes on here anywhere. The number was just from before taxes. Gross. So I'm sitting here like, wow. So like, you really need to make like a hundred and ten six figures minimum to live comfortably in the city yeah. is what it was saying, and I was like, this is just out of control. Like it, it's ridiculous because we can't build up here, so the prices yeah, are exactly. so high. You know, it, it, it's a it's a catch twenty two. Like it's fantastic how beautiful the city is. We don't have trash problems and stuff like that. But because you can't build up, the square footage is like through the roof. So, yeah, that's true. I never really thought about it that way. So you know, it, it costs it costs to live here, but you know, it sure does. I I'm hooked. Live, I'm hooked. I, yeah, me too. <laughs> I couldn't live anywhere. I mean, you know, low key, I'm uh, you know, buying some land uh, in the islands and and making a uh, slow and steady exit plan. Because uh, you I'm can't right, retire. I'm right there here. with you. Yeah, I'm right you, there with you. Just let me know. Yeah, I'm there. I'll give you off the air, off the record. I'll give you all the. Yeah, uh, I can the, run a bar. Let me know. No, seriously, that'd be great. But uh, because you can't retire here. That's the only thing about DC. You can't retire here, even if you had a half a million liquid. What are you gonna do? Buy a one bedroom condo in Bowie and maybe last ten years before the real estate taxes get you? Like, it is not even a thing, dude. And you could go to like, you know, Costa Rica with a half a million. You can have like four cabana boys or girls, like uh, three home health <laughs> or care both. nurses or both. Fuck it, yes. Go to Thailand. Go to Thailand. Have both. It doesn't right? matter it's at the fine. same damn time. Yeah, like you know, like live your life. You know, like a bag of weed the size of a you know trash bag next to you, and like a guy like a big rum you know barrel next to me, and just die comfortably. Because at the end of the day, you know. That time it's time to retire. We're not living comfortably. We're dying comfortably. Like, I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, like as much as I do love the city and I love the culture of the city, a lot of it is very sterile. A lot of it is very processed, and a lot of it is um, hustle. I mean, it's every it's day. Expensive. Yeah. People people come and visit from other parts of the country, and for what we were knocking them about earlier, at least they know how to unwind a little bit better than the <laughs> northeast cities do. Because. Yeah. I mean, it never stops moving. Whether it's traffic, yeah. whether it's people running around, whether I mean, it 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 goes, it, it goes quickly. So, uh, that would be nice. I mean, when I when I get away, people are like, "Oh, how come you haven't been to Vegas in forever?" Because that's the last place Dude, I want to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm surrounded out. by loud music and lasers and lights right. and people screaming and crowds. Right. When I get time, I want to go where nobody like I can just turn the phone off and relax. And here's a little pro tip: the quietest place in the world is inside of a volcano. So all you gotta <laughs> do is find one of them, and you're good. I feel like, I feel like that's all timing, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, definitely timing is essential with that operation, but. I bet you there's a volcano or two in Costa Rica we could find and be like, you hear that? No. Costa Rica's on the list. Yeah, yeah, Costa Rica's on the list. Thailand's on the list. I'm doing France in a couple of weeks, three or four weeks. Nice. Yeah, have you been to Ireland? I have when I was young. Dude, do you want to go? I'm, I'm always dying to go. I heard it's dirt cheap right now. Anyhow, to get dude, over there. Dude, Molly and Matt going to Ireland? Yeah, dude, yeah, we might never it. make it back. That sounds like a like an old like <laughs> sitcom episode. Exactly. <laughs> like, Molly and Matt go to Ireland. <laughs> yeah, and then like we're like throwing parties in the Jameson Distillery. Like, yeah, it's like a moving head, and we're like, Ooh. I think they owe me a free one at this point. Dude, so seriously, like I already gave you one of my like my liver. Yeah, shout and out Jameson. Dignity. We're definitely drinking Jameson right now yeah. in the studio. So shout out Jameson. That's I love right. you. They, our unofficial sponsor. 
you know. <laughs> of life. Yeah. No, pretty much. Exactly. Well, you know, I actually got them to, you know, sponsor, you know, one of our events. Uh, and I posted on Facebook. I said, you know, I finally made it. I got a Jameson sponsor. And this is like three months ago. And like once a week, like somebody will be like, hey, by the way, congratulations on that Jameson sponsor. It's, it's amazing it's what people pay attention to. You know what I'd I mean? say one out of three of my social media posts has Jameson worked into <laughs> it somehow. Like somehow. I should, like I act like hand. I'm sponsored. I should be sponsored. Dude, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I told him when I emailed him. I was like, basically, you are already sponsoring me. You just don't know it. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I love Jameson. It's it's like half my blood at this point is Jameson. Gets me through those long days. That's right. Long days, long nights, long mornings. Long nights. That's the first thing we do. We don't really drink when we're working too much, but like the minute we're done at the end of the night, it's yeah. like line them up. Let's do four real quick and unwind. <laughs> four real So quick. we can go to bed. We're so wired at the end of a huge totally. show. We're like, we need to just decompress. 